What's up, y'all? This is your host, B. You are now tuned in to Bontroversial. Pass. They both have a high IQ. Like that, you need you need both of them on the floor. Now, where does that leave Buddy Hill at times? I don't know, but I mean, I think they both got to be on the floor. I think Halliburton is going to be real good in the future. I think he's going to be very good. But like like Smitty said, I would favor Lamelo right now, and um, with the way it's going, even sadly, I would still favor if Lamelo plays. You know, like he's playing right now. Even if Anthony Edwards starts to you know rise, I feel like the narrative would just help Lamelo pull it out. Unfortunately, it's like that. But you know, I do see big futures for both of them. I mean, both of them future all stars in my eyes. If you ask me. Welcome back to another episode of Bontroversial. I'm back tuned in with the guys, Smitty and Dre. I'm going to hand it over to them. What's good, y'all? Smitty back again. What's good, is that boy Dre? What's going on with y'all? Oh, yeah, man. Um, we back tapped in after a hiatus of the winter storm, you know, obviously. Like I said in the last episode, we just blessed to all be here. Everybody's safe, family safe. And, you know, for those still going through, wish them nothing but the best. And, prevail through those difficult times. Man, we're finna get into some NBA talk. There's been so much going on. We was in the GM talking about it, just running off a list of stuff, man. So we're gonna go ahead and get to that. We didn't get to get to anything in the last about a week and a half or so. So we can go ahead and start about um not start about my bad. Start on the Kyrie and Brian. Riff, you know, they just played the Lakers and the Nets. Nets got the best of them in LA. No A D, no K D, you know, so both of those teams missing key players. So I want to get y'all thoughts about, you know, some of the stuff Kyrie said in the game. When LeBron went to the line, Kyrie said, shot best free throw shooter. You know, making remarks like that, we all know Kyrie done had an underlying beef. This go back to low-key, the, 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 the disdain when he came back from Cleveland. Then you got him feeling like he should have won the MVP of the finals when he hit probably one of the biggest shots in finals history. So I want to get y'all thoughts on you know, that rift, you know, how y'all feel about it and, you know, what it means going forward for both teams. Uh, you know, I think it's like we were talking about earlier in the week. It's almost of a Shaq and Kobe kind of feud, rift, beef, if you would say. Um, it's just, you know, Kyrie was so skillful and believed so much in his skill that, you know, LeBron trying to little brother him and, you know, guide him along, show him the ways of the, you know, the trade. He just wasn't feeling that, you know, it's almost like, um, like we said, Kobe and Shaq, Kobe, you know, was so in tune with his skills and worked so hard, you know, he didn't think he needed to hit Shaq. And, he, you know, Kobe working hard in the offseason while Shaq is, you know, getting fat and lazy. So that kind of what led to their beef. But I think more of um, with Kyrie and LeBron, Kyrie feels in his mind that he saved LeBron's, you know, legacy almost, you know, with that big shot in game seven versus Golden State. Um, if, you, Kyrie puzzled, if Kyrie doesn't, you know, have the, you know, the, the confidence and the, skilled enough to make that shot, you know, LeBron is, you know, lacking another championship. So I think it all boils down back to that. And then that next year when they played, it just, you know, Kyrie just wasn't feeling it. You know, he felt he he, he arrived in his league, which he has, and that he didn't want to be under LeBron tutelage or wing. Um, and I think that's kind of what it boils down to. Like, you know, I thought I was the only one that caught what he said, 
you know, during the game, you know what I'm saying? I heard him when LeBron went to the free throw, and I saw, you know, the, the defensive three seconds on DeAndre Jordan, and LeBron just walked to the line, and I saw him clank it too. So, you know, Kyrie was, you know, just saying that, just another little jab at him. And, you know, like we said before, um, with Kyrie saying KD's the best player he's played with, and he has, you know, more confidence in him than any other player he's played with. You know, LeBron, you know, took that as a slight, even though Kyrie kind of denied it. But, you know, LeBron took it as a slight, you know, which he should. You know, in my eyes, it was a slight. But, you know, it was just, you know, just them at that point in time, Kyrie, you know, already merged in the league and LeBron already stemmed to what he is. It's just kind of class. When you got two alpha males like that, which they both think they are, you know, you're going to have a class at times. I think that's what boiled down to, you know, the time in Cleveland and then, you know, it's still kind of a – a touchy subject between them two, you know, as we saw uh, this past week. Yeah, true. I agree with you on everything, Smitty. I think it go back to them Cleveland days when, like, LeBron first came back and they was in the interviews and people was asking. I think one interview, somebody asked, like, how does it feel to play into LeBron? Or, like, like it's, like, something about, like, his dad or something like that. However, the interview going, Kyrie had to, like, had to, like, he responded different to how it was. So, I just feel like they, I don't know if it's beef, it's, it's more beef than anything, but I feel like LeBron did try to guide him to the promised land, but Kyrie is just so great. Like he a Hall of Fame for like Hall of Famer for sure. Just off his skill set that like, he didn't want nobody to try to help him get to the promised land, you know what I'm saying? And then LeBron, one of the people from like what we read, like he always try to help somebody, give somebody advice, but somebody like Kyrie, he don't want your advice because he feel like he's better than you or y'all on the same level, you know what I'm saying? So it's just more as in he didn't need he don't want he didn't want LeBron help. And then it leads to about four or five years. Every time they play, like Le- Kyrie say something about uh LeBron. Like, well, like, yeah, like Kyrie, Kyrie, like, well, like LeBron, he's great, but I don't have no confidence in him, like they said, like he said on a little on a uh, on a podcast with KD. And then when he, the, the biggest job to me is when he said at the free throw line, like, this y'all breast free throw shooter, and he looked at him and kind of laughed, like. Yeah, like he about to he about to miss one. I think he did go go one for two at the free throw line at that time. So I think it's just they got a lot of beef. I just can't wait to like to like because I think they're gonna be in the finals together, uh, the the Nets versus the Lakers. So I just can't wait wait to the champ to play the championship come. We can see them hash it out. Yeah, man. Um, I definitely like a lot of both the points that both of y'all made. You know. It's go back a long time for Kyrie, you know, when LeBron first made his way into Cleveland, Kyrie felt like it was his team that was going to build around him and the team was going to be built moving forward around him. And then they bring in him and then Kevin Love. So it's this three-headed monster. And, you know, Kyrie, you can tell Kyrie felt the type of way from that point, but, you know, it never lit up. Like Dre said, Kyrie is not, he doesn't want to be led. He doesn't want to be, you know, little bro, big bro. He's, he a lion. He want to get in there. He want. He feel like he can do everything and more that LeBron can do, regardless if it's true or not. So he definitely was not feeling that. On top of that, even after they won the finals in 2016, coming back 3-1, he wanted to leave after that season. So it's like when you want to leave after you don't got a ring, one that they got like that coming back 3-1, like in the way he played, you can tell that that fit just wasn't there for him. He wasn't feeling – LeBron no more. And if you look at Kyrie's style of play, like him, KD, and Harden, like they're all savants of the game. Like they all are crafty with the ball. They all can do a lot of different things. Not saying LeBron can't, but 
I could see how he could favor somebody like Katie's game more than LeBron or something of that sort, especially because Katie don't need the ball as much as LeBron does. So, you know, that's that's that there. I feel like going forward, the implications is big because even after that win, Kyrie already said, yeah, we wanted them in full strength. We, we, we want this down the line. Like, he want to go in the finals and prove that he don't need LeBron. Facts. That's, I feel like that's a big thing. My bad, B, that, like, that's a big thing. Like, he said, like, he basically said, like, we want a fully healthy Lakers team. They will see them down the line. Like, he sounded confident and cocky because at the end of the day, AD wasn't playing, but KD wasn't playing either, though. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they canceled themselves out at the end of the day. We want to get to it, like, get to that. But, like, Kyrie sounded real confident, like, bro, like, LeBron, them, the Lakers not fucking with us at the end of the day. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, And it wasn't just like a one-off win. It wasn't, a, you know, a lucky win. So, you know, they're definitely confident moving forward. And also, he know that they're going to make another move or two. So they definitely equipped to move forward well. I feel like you got – it's a lot of points to be proved in Brooklyn. You know, like, KD trying to prove that hey, he can lead his own team. You know, Kyrie trying to prove he didn't need – LeBron Harden trying to right his wrongs in Houston, from, from Houston. So, you know, it's a lot to prove there. You know, they do question the Nets defensively. But but at the same time, man, if you're not putting up 125, like, you're not beating them, like, in a series. Like, they, they in a series this year, they probably giving between 115 and 125 each series. Like, I don't see them scoring less than that. And that defense only going to get better. You know, that come with time. That come with communication. That come with chemistry. So, that's going to get better. I'm not really worried about that. But I do feel like, you know, they go, when the postseason comes, they all got a bag that can take them to another level in any series or any one of them can be a super X factor in any series. And when it comes to the finals, I feel like that's just going to be the the climax of everything. And they all going to step up. They are killer. You know, I want AD to be healthy as well. But, at, but you know, we're going to get into the AD injury later. But, you know, all things equal, I got I got the Nets in six. That's just my – that's just how I feel about it. I got the Nets in five. What a healthy AD, bro. Because at the end of the day, bro, you can the like from the game I saw, bro. I saw a couple of Lakers game, bro. The Lakers really can't score the ball consistently like, to to the next level. You know what I'm saying? Unless unless you get 40, 40 from LeBron, 30 from AD, or like you know vice versa. That's 70 right there, and everybody else chipping what they need. But on a nightly basis, bro, you cannot beat them dudes if you not shooting the ball. Because at the end of the day, KD need about 15 shots. Harden need his, Kyrie get his, and then Joe Harris, and then. They was playing the Lakers. They was hitting a lot of threes too. You know what I'm saying? So, I got the Lakers. I got the Nets in five, bro. Because I don't think the I don't think the Lakers can keep up with them scoring wise. Unless the Browns. I, I said I got to give Brown more respect in one game. I think him and AD can pull out too. Mm-hmm. What you think, Smitty? Yeah, I think um, definitely a seven game series. Because I don't think LeBron going out like that. And um, you think it go off the Lakers? They really can't, you know, losing Javel. Yeah, I, I think it got at least six or seven, six for sure. Um, but like, like I'm saying, you know, them losing Javel McGee and the White House is a big, big miss right now because if Anthony Davis was out for a month, you can plug one of those two in. They played well last year. Also, playoff Rondo's not on that team anymore. So you're dealing with guys like Caruso. You're dealing with guys like. And now they're know, trying to pick up a forward. Caldwell Pope. 
Yeah, you know, so those were those were veteran pieces that helped you, you know, get to that, you know, that championship. And you know, I think I think you know, going through the West, they should be able to breeze through the West. Um, but coming to that, you know, NBA finals, you know, matchup them versus Nets, I think it'd be a definitely tough, you know, tough fight, but for sure, I think at least six, seven games. Five or two, five is too light. I mean, because I don't know. I don't think, you know, I don't think LeBron going out with five, especially with a healthy Anthony Davis, they're definitely going to fight and definitely, you know, push that series, you know, to the brinks for sure. Yeah, I, I, I can see that, especially I feel like, you know, both teams going to try to make a move. They're, they're going to try to cover for AD injury right now, make sure that, you know, they can move forward on the season well and, you know, maybe even have a piece off the bench once to be expected. So yeah, man. Um, what else we getting into? Oh man, let's get into the disgrace. Boy, Dame got snubbed. ASG starter, man. You know, Brad got snubbed last year after the whole game. You know, obviously to me, it, this is not just as much big as a snub, but damn, it's up there. Like, come on now. You know, Dame is playing at one of the highest levels of his career, and he stayed playing at a high level. So that should just tell you something in itself, but. Tell me what y'all think. Tell me about what y'all think about Luca being honest and just flat out saying that I probably didn't deserve to be a starter over there. See, and I, and I I got two folds to that because yes, he's being honest, but would he have been honest if it wasn't big uh, a big you know drawback to with him being an All Star you know starter? If they wouldn't say anything about it, I don't think he would have came out and said, hey. You know, Dame deserved to be in this position more than me. But since he was a big flack, everybody was talking about it. You know what I'm saying? It kind of led into, yeah, well, he did, he does deserve to be, you know, in that in that ranks. But it definitely was a snub, man, because for one, um, Dame's just playing at a, a different level right now, you know, throughout the, you know, averaging more points. And the Blazers have a better record. So, you know, it came down to a tie. Not just a better to... record. The the Mavs are like 13th in the West. Exactly. Exactly. And not, now let's talk about it because at the beginning of the season, the preseason, Luka was supposed to be an MVP, you know, favorite. You know, say MVP favorite. So, if you're an MVP favorite, you should at least have that Mavs team, even though you don't have Porzingis. They're 10th in the West right now. But even though you don't have Porzingis, you should, should be able to keep them afloat. You know what I'm saying? Because if you think about it, Dame hasn't had CG for uh, CJ McCullough for at least 75% of this season. For real. So my thing is playing at the highest level of his career. And my thing is like, yes, we get how the fan is voted. We get how the all-star game is voted, but it came down to a tie, came down to a tie between the players in the in the I'm media. glad you said that. We're getting into that next. Please continue. They had it, you know, it was a tie between the you know, the um, the players in the media, and then it came down to the fans' vote, which I think it shouldn't have done that. It should have went to the player with the better record, which would be Dame, and the team and the player that's better is playing right, better playing right now, and that should have been Dame. So I just think, you know, it's more of the, the fan vote that got with Luca in into the, you know, as a starter. Definitely should be an all-star, yeah, but, like, let's – my my biggest thing is the overhype for uh, Luka Doncic. You know, yeah. I great I get he's a great player. I get he's you know one he's one of the few players in this league that can do you know different things. But like let's let's see him prove himself in this league. Like in the bubble, he played well. He played well for a series. You know, in the, in the bubble, he played well. But like like let's pump the break, guys. Like Dame's been doing this for the last five years. Like Dame leads the last five years. Player in the league, league since he came in. Like it should have been Dame. It should have been Steph. It really should have been 
Dame first, and then Steph's going to be your second pick because Dame has the better record out of those three. He's playing. He has the better overall stats of those three. So it should have been Dame first. That should be your first selection. Then it should have been the tiebreaker between Steph and Luka, in my opinion, right now. Because if you look at it, Dame's been killing every guard that stepped foot in front of him this year. You know, averaging 34, averaging 34 and 8, like shooting, you know, 45% from the field. Like the man is the man is getting it done. You know what I'm saying? He's getting it done. And going in buckets in his career. Exactly. So at, at this point, he's gonna be a all he's gonna be a first team all NBA. How can we vote him first team all NBA, but then vote him as a reserve on all star game? But see, that's just backwards. Exactly. And it's backwards because to because they let the fucking fans vote. Bro, like I said in the gym, these niggas gonna watch the same no matter who start or who off the bench. But you still gotta get it right though. Like, you can't sit there, and if you're not going to let the fans vote, why the fuck would you let the fans, the fans have the deal-breaker vote? Like, that doesn't but, make sense. These are the same I, fans. These are the same fans that gave Clay Thompson 10,000 to 20,000 votes this year, and he didn't even play. Like, it's just one of those things where they're trying to overcompensate to the fans and shit. The NBA does a great job at what they do. I don't feel like the fans needed to vote and shit really matters because at the end of the day I'm not I'm not going to say that it's a fan vote regardless but most of the people in that game are people that you're going to want to see regardless of if you vote or not so I just feel like you know these last two years with Brad Bill and Dame this is starting to be showing you the effect of the fan vote well my thing is I mean they've always voted though so it's, it's, it's I mean since you know the late 80s they always have a vote you know what I'm saying in you know, the All-Star game, because it is for them, you know what I'm saying, at a, at a certain point, it is for the fans. Um, But, like, we, we just got we can't give it so much percentage of them to be weighed from the fans. Like, to have the highest the highest percentage that they do have and have, I think it's, what is it? Uh, Is it 50? I'll double check, but the, the, the fans definitely have a high percentage voting than the media and the guys actually playing, actually in the game every day, you know, dealing with stuff every day. So, I mean, I just think definitely got to change that format. And, um, yeah, we definitely – Lucas should have been a starter this year. Yeah, man, because, you know, you can't snub Dane like that. And then, like you said, he's going to be first team uh, NBA and shit. Like, that's just fucking stupid. Like, you know he's – like, he's going to be a top three, probably MVP candidate as well. Luca probably will be neither. So, it's just like, man, you can't you can't keep getting it wrong like that, blatantly at that, man. So, that's how I feel about that. Hopefully, we can get some shit straight on that end as far as how they handle the ASG. But, um, shit, man. Let's get into that rookie of the year debate. Um, let's yeah, get into let Drago. You didn't let Drago. Dre, Dre, Dre just, Dre, Dre just got back though. I don't think he heard most of the conversation. Yeah, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Bad, 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 bad. Do we need to talk about the rookie of the year? Okay, bet. That's cool. Though. Right, that's a bit. Um. So yeah, man. Let we can start off with um Anthony Edwards, man. Because I mean, obviously we know Lamelo doing his thing, but let's go ahead and talk about that dunk, man. How y'all feel about that? I mean, obviously we know at this point it's dunk of the year, but. What that rank? What that rank for y'all? You know, shit, all time, shit. I feel like that's up there. That's a big body right there. He just caught. So, 
let me know how y'all feel about that dunk in and the Edwards rookie campaign in a whole. Hey, dog, that was the most disres- one of the most disrespectful dunks I ever saw. My my top most disrespectful dunk is Vince Carter when he did in the uh, in the Olympics. That's number one for me. But the dunk he caught on dude, bro, is like non like dog. He really like, and then if you look at the extension, like bro, he really dunked on him, bro. And then like the way the way they fell too, though, you know what I'm saying? Like they fell so awkward that it made it look what like I thought homeboy was hurt. Uh, I thought Anthony Edwards was hurt by the way they fell. And then like they, I'm gonna tell you what makes it so bad now is that everybody's reposting it. Like you know what I'm saying? Like people making memes about that shit. Like Kevin Hart put that shit on his fucking IG store. Like this man got a family, but like. No, Anthony Edwards a problem, bro. Like he's gonna be a problem in the league for a long time, bro. And the thing is, the thing is, he only gonna get better as like as time goes on. He's only nineteen years old. You know what I'm saying? So he only gonna get better, bro. And then you know, as you get older, like you start getting more wiser and you start like knowing how the game. But right now, he's just going off like development. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he's going off pure instinct, bro. Yeah, yeah I just think. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, B. You got this, man. But yeah, you know, I just hate how the narrative, once a narrative is set in the NBA, that we can't get off that narrative. Because honestly, this goes back to how I think about how Luca and Trey were going in their, you know, in their rookie year. Luca was killing the, the first half of the year, and, and Trey came on in the second half, came on strong in that second half after All Star break. You know, I just think, you know, LaMelo has the narrative right now as, you know, rookie of the year. But that boy up in Minnesota is acting crazy right now. Like, he's really he's really balling. You know, you can tell by even the legends talking about, you know, after the game against the Lakers, LeBron went up to him and, like, you know, gave him some words of encouragement, that type of deal. And then, you know, Dwayne Wade said he can be better than me. Like, he has more tools than I did, you know, in my rookie year for sure. So, I just don't like how once, a, once the media sets a different, you know, sets a certain – you know, standing and studying, you know, rhetoric of how the season is going, that we can't change, that we can't change off that narrative, you know, because, you know, Anthony Edwards, they they pretty much averaging the same right now. Anthony Edwards, they both averaging 14. LaMelo's averaging 14, 6, and 6. And Anthony Edwards averaging like 14, 3, and 2. You know what I'm saying? So it's not it's not far off from the two. Obviously, LaMelo's, Lamelo, you know, eye test is pretty much giving me, you know, he's a rookie of the year. But, you know, that Anthony Edwards is not far behind. And, like, the dunk just was crazy, man. Like, I don't know what the Japanese thought he was doing, you know. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've never seen this man jump before. But it pretty much was like a, you know, a standing body. You, you know, you never – like, when I played, I always knew who to take charges on. I always knew who to jump with. You don't jump with dudes like that. You jump on with, like – Rubio or somebody else on that, you know, D'Angelo Russell on that team who is not going to be a, give you a body and end up on your back. You know what I'm saying? That's a little body bag. So I just think, you know, they're both playing well right now. I, if I had to give a vote, I would probably give it to LaMelo just because how the style is played and how he and Miles Bridges have, a, you know, chemistry. I just think, you know what I'm saying, that it doesn't need to be a nether can change throughout the year. Like if one guy's playing great at the beginning of the year, that shouldn't be an automatic lock for you know the rookie year and they pretty much do it with like rookie of the years whoever starts in the out in that first you know first half for before the all-star break as rookies and plays well they usually crown him a rookie of the year even though a guy can come in that back half of that you know of, after the all-star break and be killing and so you know it's just, it's just weird you know i just think that we definitely need to 
have a bit of format on, you know, how we go about designing that uh, award for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. You know, I, even coming into the year, you know, I like Anthony Edwards' rookie of the year over LaMelo. Obviously, I didn't know he would be coming off the bench, but that's, that's neither here nor there. But, you know, the narrative is one of the things that carries, you know, how they give awards. Although, if that's the case, LeBron should have won last year MVP. But, yeah. You know, that's neither here nor there. But my thing is, like, you know, I, I like the way LaMelo's playing and I like the way Anthony L was playing. You know, they both have the inconsistent spots. But, you know, it's kind of like you said, Smitty, that narrative is going to favor LaMelo because he's had he had a better start a little bit. I would say, um, and then also he had a few more breakout games than Anthony Edwards has had up to this point. So, you know, that definitely can change. You know, they're starting to feature him more over there, which they should have been doing. I'm glad to see that because he is a, he's a more real Georgia Bulldog. Like, he he out here, he's confident in his game. He only going to get better. And, you know, I like if they just build around him and Cat. I don't know what D-Lo stand with them. He hurt right now. I don't know how far. You know, Minnesota's going to take it with D-Lo, but Andy Edwards is right there. Another person right there with LaMelo and him that can sneak up there is Halliburton in Sacramento. That boy is nice. Yeah, Halliburton cold, bro. And the thing is, him and Fox got a good system going, too, though. So yeah. I feel like it's, him it's and Fox. Their coach to really play them together. Like, they have to play together. They both are high Q. They can score and play. You know, and they both got superstar potential. So, you know, that's how I feel about them too, man. Halliburton, I don't think he'll win it, but he'll definitely be a good player for a very long time. And it's going to be nice to see him as well. So, yeah, man, that's what I'm going to do it for the rookie of the year. I feel like we all got LaMelo. I mean, did anybody think – I mean – I got I got, I got, LaMelo, bro. LaMelo Cole. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like he's he going to edge that one out this year. Let's get into that AD injury, man. Tell me what y'all think about it. Me personally, I don't think it's a cap injury. Remember the last time they said somebody had a cap injury, what that really was. So I'm not really feeling – I'm not really going to pick up on that sauce that they're trying to sell on that end. But, you know, how y'all feel about AD injury? How you feel he going to come back moving forward? And do this hurt their title chances, you know, I, the end of the day? I feel like – I feel like this, bro, like, because, like, like you said, like, like the last time they said it was a calf injury, KD tore his Achilles. You know what I'm saying? And he was out for, like, a month. Was it a month? It was out, like, three weeks, like, three, three, three weeks to a month, yeah. Yeah, three weeks, three weeks to a month, however that shit, shit went. And then he came back his first game, and he tore his his shit. So, and, and then at first, the, the Lakers said, oh, he'll be out two to three weeks. Nah, it's four weeks. You know what I'm saying? So, the, if I'm the Lakers, I'm telling AD, hey, just take your time and get back. Like, get back all the way healthy. You know what I'm saying? Even if you got to miss two months. As long as, long as LeBron can lead them to the playoffs and they get, like, they get their team back involved, like, everything they need to, then they can get back. They can get back to the championship. But if AD's not healthy, bro, that team lose the, that team lose the second round, bro. Like, AD's not, not healthy. They, 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 yeah, they, yeah, they're not making out the West without him because they need, they need AD to be healthy. And you kind of, you kind of, you kind of seen that now that AD is not playing because they, they exactly. lost to Brooklyn. They well, lost to Brooklyn. What they, said, lost to the though. they don't have no bigs. They don't got JaVale and Dwight no more. They don't have no bigs. And and then and then at this point, I'm looking at <clears> my like, bro, y'all don't have y'all don't have y'all don't have 
They don't have the team y'all had last year because y'all won the championship. Everybody went and got big money. And I don't know why they decided to White Howard back. They traded away JaVale McGee for a trade pick or pieces or however that scenario went. So now y'all don't y'all don't have no backup big to go go out. And then like I watched the game last night when they played Miami, and I was like, damn, the, the Lakers really not that good. Like they really can't score the ball without AD because they got a whole bunch of they got a whole bunch of good like decent role plays. You know what I'm saying? They got a whole bunch of decent role plays. So right now, like if I'm them, I would let AD get all the way healthy. And as long as LeBron can keep y'all from the first like to the fifth seed, like the fourth fifth seed, like you know what I'm saying? However that situation go. And AD be healthy, y'all still get back to y'all still get back to the championship. But AD gotta get healthy, bro. Like he gotta get full healthy. So like if it take him a month and a half to get full healthy, bro, then he gotta get a month and a half to get fully healthy. Then and then when he get back healthy, like give him some time to get back in the get back in the rhythm, then y'all be straight. Y'all get back to the championship. Without AD, they're not getting they're not getting to the championship at all. Second round. They're losing the second round for sure. Yeah, I think um that calf injury is, is, is kind of scary, man, because um, A.B., Antonio Brown, tore his calf, strained his calf, same thing as, you know, with uh, K.D. and A.D. have, you know, going. And he basically playing on one leg out there in 2017. So when you ever hear that calf injury, you know, that calf is basically attached to the Achilles. It's never it's never a good thing because, you know, if that calf is, is weakened, um, it's only putting so much stress on the Achilles. So, um. You know, and AD, AD is a, a touchy subject um, dealing with his height because he's only been in that body going on, what, nine ten years? years? Ten, you know nine years, nine, ten years because he, he, he came out in 2012 and he was he had grew those nine inches 2011. He's, you know, going to his senior year. So, you know, he's been he's been he hasn't been in this body, in this 6'10 body frame, you know, his whole life. So these joints and these bones, you know, are not used to taking some of this, you know, contact and some of these, you know, you know, pressure that's being put on his body. So I always thought about that with AD, you know, he can never stay truly healthy. You know, he's really played 82 games, you know, in his career in the NBA. And I always just thought about because he's, he's never been this big, you know what I'm saying? He's AD's in his, you know, early twenties, but he's been, he's only been 16 for the last, you know, nine, 10 years. So, I always, I always kind of contribute that back to him, you know, never staying healthy, always having these nicks and bruises, always missing time because of, you know, his health. You know, definitely, you know, without Anthony Davis, as you're seeing now, they, the Lakers are struggling. I think they're on a five-game losing streak right now without AD. And so, you know, just just, just that presence there and, you know, the type of player LeBron is, he can't – not saying he can't, but he, he'd much rather have a co-star than him take over a game and he's shoot all the shots and – you know, that type of deal. When you have an AD, it gives LeBron more room to be more passive and come off the ball. So he's already prone to do that. And then once you AD goes down, he's just still in that passive mode. Like last night, which is ridiculous. You know, they still well, he the gave fucking Caruso the ball. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, and my thing is, you know, through, throughout the three, the, the first three quarters, even the fourth quarter, you know, half of that fourth quarter, if you want to make the right basketball player, I'm all for that. Because as a coach, that's what you teach your players to make the right basketball play. Always be unselfish. Always give up the ball. But that doesn't necessarily, you know, you know, great stars and great players don't, you know, rules don't really apply to them at times. You know what I'm saying? Because their skill is so high that they trump those, hey, let's make the right basketball play. You know what I'm saying? When you have a collection of guys who come together and better as one team, that's when you kind of say, hey, 
let's pass the ball more. Let's be unselfish. Let's make the right basketball play. But when you have arguably one of the greatest players of all time, you know, with the ball, with five seconds left to go, you know, his skill trumps that rule of, hey, let's make the right basketball play, in my opinion. Because when when he has the ball and, and Kelly and Jimmy Butler come double him, he can beat a double team because he's LeBron. You know what I'm saying? But he'd rather say, hey, Caruso's open. Let me give him the ball. I would rather him shoot over two players than Caruso shoot the ball, who's not a knockdown shooter, who hasn't proved to me that. And he's not, you know, hasn't proved to me that he's capable of hitting that shot. Oh, hasn't proved to me that he's in a conversation of greatest of all time. So, you know, that's always been my riff with LeBron and just kind of how I look at the game. Um, being a fan of Kobe, being a fan of Allen Iverson, being a fan of Michael Jordan, like those are pure scores. You know what I'm saying? Those are pure scores. And Facts. not saying LeBron can't score the ball, but I think at times he gets into a – because growing up, to, I guess he definitely had to pass that way. He had to play that way. He had to play that way growing up because he's getting called triple team, triple team. So it make it easy on the game to pass the ball. But when you had a certain level and you had a certain point in the game, you know what I'm saying, you just got to let your talent take over you know what I'm saying? Like, it's been times when Kobe got double team. He's beat that double team, got to a spot, elevated. Same thing with Mike. Same thing with Allen Iverson. Same thing with KD. Like, he doesn't have that mindset, and I think that's kind of hinders the time, especially when you don't have Anthony Davis on the floor. So, going moving forward, they definitely need you know Anthony Davis back to be able to compete in that Western Conference. Um, but you know, right now they just got to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? I would like him to be more aggressive at times. He should be getting 40, nothing less than 40 every game, you know, without Anthony Davis, you know, 38 to 40 every game. But that's just not his MO. It's not the type of players. And, you know, they're going to have to figure it out without AD. They, they definitely have to figure it out, bro. And and it just goes back to showing that, like, how you say, like, LeBron's not a pure sport either, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, he more of a he more of a Magic Johnson more than anything. You know what I'm saying? But LeBron 6'8", 270, 250, between, two, six, between 250 and 280, bro. Like, wherever the nigga weight is. But, bro, he should get to the rack every time easy. And then another thing I like about his game this year is, bro, he finally got, like, a like a little jump shot, like a little fadeaway jump shot. You know what I'm saying? Now, Kobe might have their signature, like, little fadeaways. LeBron shit ugly. But he be hitting that motherfucker, so I should feel like he should go to that more to get to, to score points and this, that, and third. But the thing is with LeBron is once he hit one three, bro, he fall in love with the three-point shot. Like, they play Minnesota, he's trying to shoot the ball for the logo, bro. Like, you not like that. Like, that's never been your game at all. So I just feel like the legs got to figure it out. They got to – they might they might got to bring somebody – they might got to bring another piece in to score the ball, bro. That's they what I would do about the gym. Period. Yeah, that. like – like, I don't know if I was them. I think I think Wade is a good pickup for them. Like off the bench, he could score the ball. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know, bro. Like the, I don't see, I just don't see the Lakers getting over without AD healthy, bro. And they're on a five game losing streak. And the thing is, the West, the West so stacked from head from top to bottom anyway. Like who's the worst team in the West? I think it's the fucking Timberwolves. The Timberwolves decent, I would say. Like, you know what I'm saying? They okay. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I feel you on that shit. You know. They they're not making it out the West without AD. That's that's just period point blank. Phoenix can get them. The Clippers can get them. Um, shit, Portland might get on their head. Denver. Denver, yeah, you know Denver. all these teams can get them. Not to mention the Dallas sneaks in there this year, and you know storms in after the break. So, you know it's just LeBron does have to go that crazy every night, but he's not gonna go for the forty piece every night. It's just. 
not in him. He, and then he's not going to expel that much energy at this point of his career, at this point of the season. You know, he's always been about, you know, kind of not being in cruise control, but, you know, pacing himself. So I just feel like he definitely does have to step it up because regardless of him having AD or not, like he going to have to really average damn near 30 plus for them to beat the Nets in the finals. Like if, if it come down to it, even with AD, like they, because they, if, if not, he has to rely on getting 10 to 13 assists a night and hoping Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma and these guys are hitting jump shots you know, to keep them in games. One Tim and AD are breaking down, picking rolls and picking pops and shit. So, you know, I just feel like without AD, he got to take over. Like, you can't be trying to find a second option out there when it's not a second option. Like, there's nobody else out there he can go to, you know, to help him nightly. I mean, Schroeder damn near, but Schroeder not even that right now because LeBron is the point guard, so Schroeder really off ball is really not Schroeder's game. So, you know, I feel like LeBron got to definitely step up regardless, you know. It's either he's going to have to do it now in the playoffs. But, you know, I feel like this injury can mean a lot. I feel like if it is what I think it is in an Achilles, he might need to he might need to sit out a while, maybe even longer in a month because, like Smitty said, he's still getting into that body. He's a guy that uh, re-aggravates injuries a lot. Like, so if he come back and he, he re-aggravate that in the middle of a series – Regardless if he come back or not, he's not going to be the same. So, you know, to have a guy like that hampered throughout the playoffs as your main guy, not off, not just offensively but defensively, you know, it's going to be hell. Especially if they if they asking him to guard KD in the finals or something like that. Like, you know, that's that's a lot. That's a tall task. So, you know, his injury going to mean a lot for the Lakers and how they move forward, and honestly, how LeBron legacy move forward. You know, because he only got two more years at a chip. And if he got an Achilles injury, shit, that might be it for LeBron. Because if it's really an Achilles and he goes out. That's two, that's a year and a half. That's basically two years. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. That nigga burned no more chance from him. He'll be four out of ten. Four for ten, right? Yeah. Four, four for ten. Yeah, four. Is it it's eleven? Four for 10, four for 11, bro. And that'd be a wrap for that nigga because he about to, bro, he's about to be done, dog. Like, he getting older in age. His kids getting older too, bro. Like, he's about to be done. So, if AD, if we think it is what it is, AD, bro, take it, take two months off. You need to get fully healthy, bro, because this might be an end to LeBron legacy, dog. And from the Achilles, it take you at least a year and a half to get back right anyway, especially, especially the way he played too. And so, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, man, for sure, man. It's definitely going to be interesting, you know. Ray Allen saved LeBron, got him a championship. And now AD got the chance to either might get him another one or might not ever get back there again, man, especially in the West, you know. You're not going to just get there just LeBron in the West like like he did in the East. All of the East is stronger, man. And I just don't feel like that's possible. But, um, you know, let's go ahead and get into the Nets, man, who have been kind of talking on and off about them. Um, they just acquired Andre Roberson and Shumper, you know, some, I feel like there's some solid pickups. I feel like only really one of them is going to find a way in the rotation, you know, so for the most part, and 
we'll see who it is. But who y'all feel the Nets need to pick up to solidify their lineup defensively, you know, or just as a whole, you know, to balance their team? I think I think we all can agree on this. They need a big. So if it's is it Drummond, Griffin? I don't think maybe Boogie. We'll see how that shit go. But either Drummond or Griffin, bro. Like they get a they get a, a solidified big that can defend and like block shots and like dunk the ball. And De- DeAndre Jordan come off the come off the bench, bro. You that's solidified. So I think we all agree on that. That like they get them Griffin or Drummond, bro. It's a wrap, dog. That shit Harden. Griffin, KD, Kyrie, and Joe Harris, you can't beat that shit at the end of the day because I feel like at the, at the end of the day, Blake Griffin Blake Griffin will have something to prove too, though, the way the, the Clippers shipped him off. So I feel like if he goes to the Nets, he'll have something to, he'll have something to prove too. Like, I'm still the player I used to be. Or like, y'all ring, y'all sent me off to Detroit to rot. That, that, they bought me out. Now with the Nets, I'm about to win me a championship. And I, and I think between – and I think between uh, – I think between uh, – Shumpert and Shumpert and uh, uh, Roberson. That I think I think Shumpert's the better shooter, but it just all it all depends on what the, what the Nets needed that time. So I think Shumpert to see his way into the lineup, but I think Roberson I think Roberson would see his way to the lineup too, just depending on what they needed at the time. I'm not gonna lie though, bro. I'm not uh, not to step in there, but if Roberson shooting like he did, okay, see that nigga's not playing over like he don't yeah, need true, to shoot true. though. He don't need to shoot. Listen, yeah, he don't I need to shoot. Exactly, and I and, I, and I'm glad you mad. Y'all both made that point. He don't need to shoot, but he got to be respected. You can't be playing four on five, even if the other three guys are capable of scoring at that level. You cannot have the defense dropping so ridiculously off him, like ridiculously off him, to where you just. You're you're just compromising the offensive end of the floor. And if he's not making every damn near every play defensively or a lot of plays defensively, he's just hurting you on the floor. You rather a guy like Shumper give you good plays 60, 40 of the time defensively, and he's gonna make a couple threes to keep the defense honest. You just can't have Robinson out there being a shit show and just sitting in the corner all day. That just like and, and sometimes he don't even cut. So I like he just he just gotta bring more. He don't gotta bring more offensively far as actually scoring, but he gotta be a better decoy, goddamn it. Like I can't I can't watch that shit again. That shit is miserable. Like I saw it too long in OKC. If he could if he could just do a little bit like anything remote, I see him getting minutes over Schumper because he is a better defender, in my opinion, at his peak. But I don't know how he is coming off the injury. I haven't seen Roberson in a while. That's true. I haven't seen him in a while, man. So it's just gonna be interesting to see like how they come out. But Smitty, who you feel they think that uh definitely, you know what I'm saying, Drummond will probably be the top of that list that gives you that rim protector, gives you that guy on the collage. Um Blake Griffin would be bad there. You kind of move him to that four or five spot and kind of play smaller ball in the post day. But you got KD, so you kind of you're not you're not slacking there. Um, those two would probably be the top two picks for me. Uh, Boogie, um, Boogie just has some of those nagging injuries that I don't know if he can be useful on that defensive end. I think he can. I think he still can play on the defensive end, and he can help you offensively. So, you know, Boogie would be a bad bad fit. Um, but definitely, if you get Drummond, that's probably putting you head and shoulders already, even though you already head and shoulders over 
the rest of the teams in the East, but kind of solidifies you making to that finals. So I don't see, you know, if they add a rim protector, um, even though they, you know, categories that one of the worst defensive teams in the league, um, the offense just picks up for it. So I just think, you know, moving forward, you know, they can get another quality, you know, veteran in there, big man for sure. Um, it kind of solidifies them making to the finals. But definitely um, Drummond or Blake Griffin will be at the top of my list. Yeah, um, yeah I, I like that, you know. I agree. To me, it's Drummond. I don't really look at Blake Griffin just because um, obviously he's became a better shooter, but I feel like, you know, they need something more down low. And, you know, him just as a stretch five, really, with them having KD, that it's not really needed. That length is pretty much there, kind of what you said, Smitty. But, you know, I feel like Drummond is – could be a Capella 2.0 for Harden, you know, the way him and Capella ran that pick and roll, the way Drummond get on that glass, that they can talk defensively and Drummond can be the back end anchor. They can really do a lot of things. You know, they'll have, they'll have length with him and KD. And, you know, if they want to start Unk at the four and put KD at the three, they'll be pretty solid length-wise. And I feel like they'll be better rebounding and, you know, they have a good chance, man. I feel like with Drummond, that'll really solidify them down low. It'll be hard for, you know, somebody in the East to take them seven, in my opinion, um, getting somebody like Drummond, especially, you know, to um, shit. You know, they got to – right now they have nobody to defend Joel and be, you know, even remotely. So, you know, to get somebody like that to come in there and not stop him, but, you know, be a body, be a presence, it's, it's going to be big for them. So, Really, Drummond is the only guy I see them need, and they picked up some two-way wings, some defenders for sure. So I just I just think that's that last move for them to make, and they'll be on their way, and they'll be where they need to be going into the playoffs, man. Shit. Um, let's talk about Boogie, though. You brought up Boogie, Smitty. You know, Houston trying to move on from Boogie and things of that nature. They just, you know, he just started there. He, Christian Wood been out the lineup, so he's been playing a little more, but now they want to move in a different direction. Tell me your thoughts on that. I think – go ahead, Smith. Um, oh, go ahead, Dre. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I think – I love Boogie, but like you said, like earlier, Smith, that he got like a lot of nagging injuries. And I feel like at this point in the career, that like he needs something more stable. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Houston – Houston is a decent team, but Houston – I feel like I watched a couple of Rockets games – Houston played more fast-paced basketball. Like, they more up and down. Like, they got John Wall. They got the Christian Wood. They got the wing, the little rookie. And they, I feel like they're more fast-paced. And I think if I was the Lakers, I would go after Boogie because Boogie need a more slow-down game so he can get up the court and make his moves and do what he do can score. But the, the Rockets, on the other hand, the Rockets just probably saw, like, all right, we're going we gonna to move on. We're going to try to get some somebody younger, faster. They can get up and down the court the whole time. So I feel like I feel like the Rockets trying to play, trying to play fast up and down the whole time, and I don't think that's boogie game no more, bro. Like he had a lot of injuries the last three, four years, bro. So I just feel like at this point he needs something, he needs something more slow down. We can get the ball, like set picks and rolls, and because I don't think, and another thing is I don't think he in shape to run up and down either, though. But thing, the thing is, I thought they guaranteed his his deal at first, and an uh, hour later, like a day later, they fucking said uh. They, they was going to move on from. So I just feel like it's just shaky from Boogie right now. And I just feel like he just needs something more stable and like a more slow down pace game so he can actually get involved. Because right, Wood's playing like he just, I don't think he in shape. Like the Rockets go up and down the whole time. 
So I don't think I think he needs something more slowed down. I think I think the legs would be a good fit for him since AD gonna be out for a couple of weeks or four weeks or however long they do that. Yeah, I agree for sure. No, it's just touchy, you know, but I think they'll find somebody to get in there and kind of, you know, get them going moving forward. But especially with, I mean, Boogie's kind of, a, you know, with the injuries, kind of, a, you know, shake, you know, touchy subject. So we'll see how it plays out. But I definitely think he has some, you know, years left in this league, either coming off the bench or, you know, as a starter. Yeah, man, um, you know, definitely I feel like Boogie's trying to find his way at this point in his career. It's definitely hard having those injuries and the game is moving smaller away from him. So, no, he's not the greatest defender. You know, the Lakers would be a good spot, but shit, they just let him go like fucking less than 20, I mean, 12 months ago. So I'm just like, I mean, I get the need now, but, you know, how long is he going to be needed there? And how long are they going to keep him? So that's also a thought as well. I just feel like Boogie need, like y'all said, a slower pace. So maybe even San Antonio shit. I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like, I just feel like um, you know, Boogie, sadly, bro, he running out of options, you know, and every injury put him five steps behind. And it's like he can't come back from it. Like, you ain't even seen a glimpse of the old Boogie, you know, in a while. So it's like – you know, you just hope a team take a chance on him and let him rebuild himself mentally and physically and hope that, you know, you can see a resemblance of the old Boogie because at one time he was the best big in this league. So, yeah, man. Shit, man. That's, that's crazy how one injury can just fuck shit up. Man. Yeah, it's fucked. That, that, that injury in New Orleans fucked his whole – because before the injury, bro, the Pelicans by gave him a max deal, bro, because the Pelicans were playing good as hell with him. It was him – AD, Rondo, and Drew. And that's and that's the year the, the year Boogie got hurt, the year that the Pelicans swept swept the Blazers, bro. So you never know what could have happened within that year if Boogie did get hurt. You know what I mean? So that injury just fucked his ass all the way off the whole time. Man, I agree, man. You know, especially like like them bigs, they get them lower leg injuries, man. It's it's real detrimental for their career. So you just hope Boogie can get back in. Shit, play as best as he can and get that bread, man, while he in the league for sure, man. But, man, it's going to wrap it up for this episode. Shit, we got a lot of more content coming in the future. We back at it. So just stay tapped in with us. You know, we'll be on our platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Breaker, Google Podcasts, etc. So make sure to tap in with us, man. We'll be doing a lot more in the future. I'm going to hand it off to the guy. I mean, appreciate y'all for listening. I mean, make sure y'all stay safe out there going through this cold, you know, cold snow we had. I mean, Smitty out. Yeah, man, it's your boy Dre, man. Appreciate y'all for tapping in with us. I hope everybody's safe in Texas, man. I just hope y'all still be safe. We're getting prettier weather, so I hope y'all have a good rest of a good week. Yeah, man, y'all have a good one. We out.